Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, happy one-year anniversary, Okuo. I love you all, and I just thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here. Thank you. Now, this is the first week of our new series called Filled. Now, as you guys know, we have been learning about fruit all year long. We learned about how fruit is created through us by the Holy Spirit. We learned that we are all different types of, there's all kinds of different types of fruit out there. We learned that we can help feed this fruit with our crappy situations, right? And then we learned that we have a choice to go and hand that fruit out or keep it to ourselves and say, I don't want to go. So in this series, we're going to be moving through the biblical book of Acts, which Acts is just a historical sequel to what we read in the writings about Jesus in the four Gospels. Now, the book of Acts shows us how God's work goes from moving within the community of believers that got to see and know Jesus, and through the Holy Spirit moves out to the rest of the world. This book of Acts is an account of what it looks like when a small church gets filled by the Holy Spirit and helps to change their community and the world beyond. The book of Acts is an account of what it looks like when a new church without a beautiful building and without the accepted technologies of its day gets filled by the Holy Spirit and makes amazing things happen. This is my hope for Akuo Church, that we could learn about the early church and apply those principles they learned 2,000 years ago to what we are doing now. We want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and share all the fruit it has with your friends, your family, and your community. And it's through that movement that we can have a community that is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and a bunch of people that want to share all of those things. So to kick off our series, we are inviting a part of the Akuo team to deliver the message today. This week, we have our Family Ministries Director, Alyssa Leal, taking a break from hanging out with the Koo Kids to spend some time with us. Now, since joining the team in March, she has been able to do great things with everything happening in our Cool Kids ministry. I first got a chance to meet Alyssa after I gave my sermon at City Tribe, explaining what God was doing in me to start this church, Akuo. And it was after that first service of the day that Alyssa walked outside and started talking to me about how much she felt like God was calling her and her family to be a part of what God was doing through Akuo. It was something that she felt so strongly about that she started crying there in the moment. Then I started crying. There was this whole thing. It was great. And she was actually one of the first people that I talked to after delivering that message the first time. That conversation helped me further recognize how God was moving and how everything was going to work out here at Akuo. And from that day on, Alyssa, her husband Luis, and their son Isai have been a part of the Akuo community. She is someone we fully trust to help empower the families at Akuo to follow Jesus together. She is someone we fully trust to help our kids know Jesus better. And she is someone we fully trust to bring a great message for you here today. So without further ado, here's Alyssa. Hey Akuo, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I was born in Lake Jackson, Texas. Yeah, the birthplace of Selena. I grew up going to church with my family every time the doors were open, and I moved to San Antonio in 2012 and met my husband, Luis, at church. We've been married for seven years and have a four-year-old son named Isai. A year after we were married, Luis and I were sure the Holy Spirit was telling us to go on a mission trip to Rio de Janeiro. 
we would be staying in a favela called Juaniza. A favela is the Brazilian term for a slum. In the weeks leading up to our trip, Luis shared me uh, his fears about the long flight, whether he would like the food, if it was safe, and the intimidation of going on a mission trip. As Luis's anxiety worsened, so did my attitude toward him. I was arrogant, impatient, and frustrated that he was feeling so stuck. I remember thinking, why can't he just trust God more like me? I had no humility, thinking I was better than him because I didn't worry about those things. We had talked about this trip for so long. It was gonna be the trip of a lifetime. Nothing, neither of us had ever traveled so far from home, and we were going to a beautiful part of the world together to share Jesus with people. By the time it was only a month away, I felt like my partner was backing out on me. I was angry, and I didn't have any compassion for how he was feeling. I didn't wanna to listen to his fears anymore. Have you ever been in this situation like before? Of course, none of you have any feelings of superiority, but maybe you've found yourself feeling impatient with other people's struggles. Maybe you've even just wanted to write someone off and walk away as a means of keeping the peace. Do you wish you could grow unity in your relationships instead? Do you ever wanna have more compassion and connection with people? I suffer from something called high horse syndrome. This isn't characterized by an inability to see one's own arrogance due to an artificially elevated ego that developed from a misguided idea that I have some sort of insight others are lacking. I 100% need help getting down from my high horse from time to time. Lucky for me, Humby asked me to speak this week and the Holy Spirit went right to work. After listening to the Holy Spirit while studying the first two chapters of Acts, I know Jesus wants us to remember this one thing. The Holy Spirit puts the unity in community. Let me give you a little background about the book of Acts. This was a sequel to another book of the Bible, the Gospel of Luke. Luke's book was an eyewitness account of Jesus' life, his miracles and teachings written to a man named Theophilus. Then after Theophilus read the first book, he asked Luke to write an account of how the church started and spread. Acts began just as Jesus is about to return to heaven after he spent 40 days appearing to believers to confirm his resurrection and teach them about God's kingdom on earth. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, Once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He told the followers to wait in Jerusalem for the gift he would send to them. That's not a lot of detail. Jesus must like surprises. Acts 1.15 says, During this time, about 120 believers were together in one place. This is roughly the size of our church. During their time waiting for the gift, the believers were gathered together. They had meals together. They prayed together. Day after day, they waited for this gift. They didn't know what they even were waiting for or how it would come to them because we have the Bible. We can look back at what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit before he went into heaven. In John 16, 5 through 10, Jesus told his disciples about what would happen after he went to heaven. He says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The disciples had no idea that Jesus was telling them that they would receive the Holy Spirit of God, 
in them, even though they should have had an idea of what the gift might be. I can't really fault them for it, since I don't always fully understand the meaning of Jesus' teachings myself. Then in John 17, 20 through 23, Jesus is praying to his heavenly Father. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be all one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Here we see how important unity is to Jesus. He lived his life trying to build unity. Throughout the first four books of the New Testament, where the life and ministry of Jesus is recorded in the Bible, Jesus is meeting with community leaders, religious leaders, outcasts, and the sick. He had meals with a tax collector, a group of Pharisees, two sisters, his disciples, people who were labeled only as sinners. He even ate with crowds of thousands of people who came to hear him teach. Jesus makes a habit of sharing meals with people. Jesus wants us to have unity. That is one critical reason he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit puts the unity in community. Francis Chan says this about the Holy Spirit. We are most alive when we are loving and actively giving of ourselves because we were made to do these things. It is when we live like this that the Spirit of God moves and acts in and through us in ways that on our own we are not capable of. This is the purpose for living. This is our hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 5.5 Without the Holy Spirit, we can't grow unity. We don't have the ability to love and unify the way Jesus loves us. When we try to build unity in our own human ways, we often try to build unity through excluding the other. Only the Holy Spirit can keep, help us to forget about us and them and start to see each other as brothers and sisters worshiping Jesus together. Unity is only possible when the Holy Spirit can give us humility to think of others' needs before our own and give us the grace to forgive people who have hurt us with their pride. When we respond to the lead of the Holy Spirit in relationship with each other, we can show the world the love God has poured out into our hearts that Paul wrote about in Romans. At the beginning of chapter 2, Luke tells the reader that all the believers were meeting together during a Jewish celebration of Shabbat. Shavuot is also called Pentecost, and it refers to the 50 days after Passover when God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments and made his covenant with them through Moses on Mount Sinai. It coincides with the end of the wheat harvest, and Jews from all over the world would travel to Jerusalem to bring their wheat offering to the temple. Acts 2, 1 through 12 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. 
They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parathians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages but about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They each asked each other. What an incredible experience. Can you close your eyes and imagine what that must have been like? Do you get goosebumps thinking about it? That wind must have been incredibly loud for people to run to find out what it was. The Holy Spirit had come to the believers in wind and fire. In the beginning of Genesis, the Spirit of God is said to be hovering over the water. The word spirit refers to the personal presence of God. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, which literally translates to breath. Everybody say it with me. You really have to clear your throat for this. Are you ready? Ruach. The vitality and energy of God's breath is what sustains all of life on earth. His breath brings order and beauty out of chaos, and his breath can transform our hard hearts to hearts full of the life-giving presence of him. The wind that rushes into the house where the believers were meeting together announces God's personal presence coming to the believers. The flames of fire that rested on them in the same way that God's presence rested on the tabernacle where God lived with his people in Exodus as they wandered in the desert. That fire is bright, guiding our steps and powerful, burning away what is dead and making us new. The gift Jesus wanted them to wait for was the personal, life-giving breath and presence of God in them, the powerful flame of God's Holy Spirit, not just beside them or around them, but actually in them, transforming them and using them to bring beauty and order into the world. We read in Acts 2, 32 through 33 about how Peter was transformed from a man who denied even knowing Jesus three times to preaching boldly about Jesus' resurrection because he was filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, saying, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. We see this transformation grow in Acts 2, 41 through 47. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Those believers experienced for themselves how the Holy Spirit puts the unity in community. In these last seven verses, did you notice how many times Luke describes the believers sharing meals and just being together? Do those verses make you think it sounds too good to be true? 
I can imagine they had some arguments, but perhaps these disciples were transformed by the Holy Spirit at work, giving them a new way of thinking. When the Holy Spirit is in us, he'll guide us to humility, forgiveness, love, and power, but only if we allow him to. Like we learned earlier this year, the presence of God is gentle. He doesn't strong arm us into obedience. We can choose to be changed by him or we can resist him. If we want more unity, we need the Holy Spirit to lead the way. Not surprisingly, we now have evidence in social science of the biblical principle that meeting together and sharing meals will build unity and connection. Aylette Fishback of the University of Chicago and her colleague, Caitlin Woolley, ran a series of experiments. They tested the effects of eating together and what happens when people either eat the same food or when they eat different foods. Aylette Fishback says of the findings, I think that food really connects people. Food is about bringing something into the body and to eat the same food suggests that we're both willing to bring the same thing into our bodies. People just feel closer to people who are eating the same food as they do. And then trust, cooperations, these are just consequences of feeling close to someone. When we sit down to eat a meal together, we talk about our lives, our experiences, our cultures, and what's important to us. When we share a meal together and the Holy Spirit is welcome, we start to listen to each other in a whole new way. We don't listen so we can build ourselves up, but we really want to know the other person. By listening, we can show the love of Jesus to each other. You and I can be transformed and receive the power and the personal presence of God ourselves when we invite the Holy Spirit to fill us and we intentionally practice being together, fellowshipping, sharing meals, and praying together. Our unity just gets better. I needed to experience God's power and presence from the Holy Spirit to grow unity between me and Luis. It was when I was meeting together with my church one Sunday morning, only two weeks before we were planning to leave for Rio. I was singing and I heard the Holy Spirit ask, do you know why Luis is afraid? My reply was a snotty, no, why? And the Holy Spirit answered saying, I have great things planned for him in Brazil and the enemy is trying to stop him. In that moment, meeting together with other believers, the Holy Spirit filled me and grew unity between me and my husband. What I didn't realize before was that my partner wasn't only the man I married, although he is a partner. My partner was the Holy Spirit. You see, I can't only be unified with Luis if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given me compassion for Luis and convicted me of my pride. Later that day when we were sharing lunch, God's power and presence empowered me to apologize to Luis for telling him to just trust God. Our unity grew when the Holy Spirit filled me with God's presence burned up my pride and replaced it with compassion for Luis. The Holy Spirit was with both of us during that trip. And we waited in the airport. Luis was pacing. He was scared about getting on that long flight. And he told me later that he really considered just walking out of the airport. But the Holy Spirit gave him the boldness and the comfort he needed to walk onto the plane. Once we got there, I went out into the favela with three Brazilian believers who translated for us. I was tired, hot, and discouraged as one after the other people were shaking their heads, no, after listening to me and the translator. The Holy Spirit used those believers to encourage me and remind me to trust the Spirit to give me the right words. Throughout the week, our hosts served us probably five or six meals a day, and our unity grew every time we sat down together. We saw how even despite our cultural and economic differences, the Holy Spirit produced unity and love for one another. Jesus wants his people to be unified. 
If you're listening and you want to have the power and presence of God, then listen to what Luke wrote in Acts 2, 22 through 24 and 32 through 33. Peter said to the crowd, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as we all know. But God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep it, him in its grip. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand, and the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. When you choose Jesus... The power and the presence of the Spirit of God will be in you, and he promises to never leave you. You might be thinking this is impossible because you just don't fit the description of a Christian. But listen to this. In Acts 2, 38-39, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So no matter who you are or where you come from, if you hear that call right now, it's for you. I invite everyone to pray with us right now because at Akuo, no one ever prays alone. We experience the unity in community when we pray together. Jesus, I want your presence in my life. I don't always have the humility and I often choose not to forgive people. I need your forgiveness for those and every other wrong thing I've done and will do. I want you to be in charge. I want the Spirit of God to fill me and transform me. And the best way I know how, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that right now and you can, post a fire emoji in the comments. And if you want to celebrate their bold choice, put a clapping hands or a smiley face emoji in the comments. Shauna Nyquist writes in her book, Bread and Wine, when you offer peace instead of division, when you offer faith instead of fear, when you offer someone a place at your table instead of keeping them out because they're different or messy or wrong somehow, you represent the heart of Christ. When we allow God's spirit to fill us and we make a place at our table to meet together, unity will grow. I challenge you to begin to take time for eating together with people in your community. Ask the Holy Spirit to grow unity between you and your community as you meet together. If you want to see more unity in your life, whether you've been a Christian since you were knee-high to a grasshopper or you just prayed with me right now, let's ask God to fill us up and grow our unity as we share meals, pray, and fellowship together. Jesus, your Father sent you to teach us about your unique kingdom. In your kingdom, everyone is invited to your celebration feast. Some of us have been far away like the prodigal son and have come home with only the hope of some scraps. Some of us have stayed close by, but we have become arrogant rather than following the example of our Father who welcomes everyone into the feast. Forgive us and fill us with your spirit so that unity will grow around your table. Give us the humility to sit down with people from every background and seek unity. Give us the power to come to a table with people who have hurt us with pride and heal us from the pain of division and help us to invite others to come to the celebration feast that you're hosting for us all. In the best way we know how, 
We want to be transformed by you, filled up with your spirit to grow unity together and make you famous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, give it up for Alyssa. Throw some fun emojis in there, you know, some clapping, some of the confetti falling, you know, you get the dancing lady, one of those guys, uh, all, all that fun stuff. Throw that in there. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining us here today. Now, one thing I want to remind you guys about is how we are linking with families in need by partnering with Christian Assistance Ministry to do a backpack adoption event. Now, here's what it looks like. We are adopting kids to buy a backpack and their school supplies for the upcoming year. We have a wide range of ages from pre-K through high school. Now, if you want to be a part of this, just please type in, I'd like to help in the chat and we will connect with you later today. If you aren't able to write into the chat right now, what you can do is email me directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Now, if you have signed up to help out these families and you've got your information already, we will need these backpacks turned into us by next Sunday so Cam can hand them out before school starts. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now guys, we know that when you trust God with something, you get a blessing in it. Now, the same thing happens when you trust God with your finances, with the things that have been given to you. Now, I'm not saying that when you tithe here at Akuo that you're gonna end up with something crazy like you're gonna get a yacht or a helicopter or anything like that. But what will happen is you will experience a peace knowing that you are trusting God in this arena to take care of you. This could be a way that you can connect with people. This can be a way that you can uh, show people that you are filled with the Spirit in this time. Now, that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. Now, if things are tough for you right now, we want to help you. We want to be linked to you during this tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help but they don't want to reach out to us, reach out to us for them. Now, for that, all you have to do is go to our website at kuo.church and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website at kuo.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow those instructions. Or you can text to tithe. To do that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you'd like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Okay, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I want you to know, like I let you know every week, I love you and I'm praying for each and every one of you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone, I ask that you'd be speaking to them. I pray that they would be hearing you all week long. Lord, I, I pray that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and you would allow them to see the fruit of the Spirit moving and going out through them in their lives. Lord, we pray that you would help us be more like that early church, that church in Acts, that's moving and growing in your name. Thank you for everything. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.